真姑的秀。Here we go. What's up, everybody? It's me, Steve. Ag.、Uh, yeah, we know Steve. We're we're familiar. <laughs> it, it says so in the name of your podcast with Steve Ag and Busy Phillips. Um, I am recording this now at five thirty p.m. on Monday, January fourth. The year of our Lord. Sorry, I'm also a little out of breath. I am、um, just did some cleaning up in my apartment, and、um, it's the first real exercise at all that I've had in like four or five days since I had my、um, kidney stone removed. Um, hold on. A mess right now. I, I I'm just a mess. <laughs> um. Okay. So yesterday Sunday I was really bored and I I did like a Facebook not Facebook an Instagram live video for probably like fifteen minutes ten fifteen minutes where I kind of updated everything. I should have been recording it because I it was literally everything I'm going to tell you guys right now, but. Since there were only like thirty or forty people in the、uh, in the feed, that means hardly any of you have heard the update on my kidney stone saga. Um, so like I said, it is Monday. Um, I had uh a procedure on Thursday. Now going into this, I mentioned. I think in the last、um, podcast episode, I think I mentioned that、um, I was going in to have lithotripsy, which is the shockwave、um, procedure, where you you're still asleep, but they put you on a table. <sighs> Sorry, I, I really I shouldn't have. I just overexerted myself, and I'm super tired because I've just been on the couch for four or five days. Uh, so lithotripsy, you go in, they put you to sleep, they lay you on a table, and with pinpoint accuracy, they f- focus on a spot in your kidney where your kidney stone is, and they blast you from the outside with shock waves,、um, like just little tremors, like little earthquakes going through your back right into your kidney. That are really strong, and they do it for about forty-five minutes to an hour. I've heard even sometimes up to an hour and a half. And they pulverize your kidney stone into like sand, and then you pass it, and it's a lot easier than passing a giant kidney stone. And by the way, this kidney stone that I、uh, had up until Thursday—spoiler、um, alerts—was、um, seven millimeters. I've posted photos on Instagram before.、Um, I'll post. One again, just as a reminder,、uh, when this episode drops. But I've passed three kidney stones on my own, without any kind of surgery or procedure. And、um, over the it's 2019 right now. I passed the first one in 2010, and so it's been about every two and a half to three years I pass a kidney stone. And 
all three of the ones up until this last one were five millimeters, which is big. It's I'll, I'll post a photo, but it's like the size of a unpopped popcorn kernel. And, um, I've passed those. Each one I've gotten, you know, who knows how long kidney stones sit in your kidney. You usually don't realize you have one until it's too late and it's starting to pass. Um, so um, when I passed the first kidney stone, I didn't know I had a kidney stone. And all of a sudden, I just got pain in my back. Then four hours later, passed a kidney stone. And pretty much the first three kidney stones that I passed, well, the only kidney stones that I passed, we're all about five millimeters, which is the size of an unpopped popcorn kernel. It's big for something going through your dick <laughs> and your ureter, which is even smaller than your urethra. Um, and they're not smooth like a popcorn kernel. They are jagged, razor sharp, and hard as iron. They're really hard to break. Like, it's crazy. So the one I had uh, for about the past year was seven millimeters in size. And um, I went in, this is, I'm, I'm just giving backstory, which I've already mentioned, but just for anyone who hasn't listened, um, I went in last April because my back was hurting and I get paranoid now whenever my back hurts because that's where your kidney is. So I go in and the doctor did uh, an x-ray and an ultrasound and he's like, sure enough, you have a kidney stone in your right kidney. He's like, it's nothing to worry about at the moment because it's at the bottom of your kidney and your ureter is at the top of your kidney. Your ureter is the tube that um, the filtered liquids and stuff that you drink pass through your kidney and they then go into the ureter and down to your bladder where you pee them out. So he says, as long as this kidney stone stays in the bottom of your kidney, you're golden. He goes, it could honestly stay there the rest of your life and never move. And you'll never have to worry about this kidney stone. I was like, great. So he says, come back in six months and we'll see if it's moved. I said, great. Cut to about 10 months later. <laughs> my back, is, my back is hurting again. I have not gone in because I'm just banking on the fact that it hasn't moved. But with my luck, I'm just in the back of my head going, I know it's, I'm going to have to deal with this. And so, uh, sure enough, they find that it's moved. I have to go in and get a few series of like, the first time I go in, I had, uh, an x-ray and they're like, it's a little inconclusive. Um, because I think one of my ribs was in the way. <laughs> and, uh, so then they did an ultrasound. They're like, yeah, there's some inflammation in your, in your kidney. Um, and then, uh, and so then they sent me to have a CT scan, which was two weeks ago. And the doctor was like, yeah, you have a kidney stone and it's seven millimeters and it's, it's in your ureter. It's like right at the opening where the kidney and the ureter are connected. And he's like, and it's blocking your ureter stuff's getting through. So I'm not in danger, but it's, it's slow. And he's like, we need to remove it now. And so the whole idea, you know, was to go in and have the shockwave therapy where I lay on a table and they, um, and they blast me with sound waves and then, uh, they let me go. I pee it out over the next few days and in basically pee and dust, basically like mud or silt. 
and I was nervous. Um, but there was never supposed to be a stent involved. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are avid listeners and heard the episode a few weeks ago with Jillian Bell, she had to have lithotripsy, but she also had to have a stent because hers was so big. And then uh, Brian Husky, which was a few months ago, I think in October or November, uh, he had a, a stent um, horror story. Basically, anyone who I've talked to or read about who's had stents all say it's pretty painful and unco- or at the least just uncomfortable as hell. So I just didn't want that. And, um, but I was fairly confident it wasn't going to happen. So Thursday morning, I wake up and I'm, I've been nervous for days leading up to it, trying to just joke around and not let people know that I'm really nervous. And so I, I take an, a lift. <laughs> God bless the people at Lyft. I took a lift to the surgery center out in Encino and uh, had made plans with my friend Lindsay Ames to come pick me up and afterwards. I didn't want her to drive me out there and then sit around for a couple hours in Encino. So I said, I'm going to lift there. I'll be fine. Uh, the procedure should be done at about 2.30 or 3. So just come come around 2.30. And so I get there and um, I'm fucking, I'm so fucking nervous. I've not been put to sleep, keep in mind, since I was 18 and had my appendix out. And the only other time before that was when I had my root canal. I mean, not root canal, when I had uh, my wisdom teeth taken out, all four. So I've only been put to sleep twice before. I don't really remember it that well, but it kind of freaks me out. Even though my dad was an anesthesiologist. My dad was an anesthesiologist. That's all he did for a living was put people to sleep. And he had a great record. He never lost a patient. Um, but still, I'm I, I, for some reason, just being put to sleep. I don't like the idea of being in one room, being put to sleep, and then waking up almost instantly to me. I mean, hours have gone by, but to me, it's literally just the blink of an eye. And then I'm in another room and... it's just almost like a blackout. Like what happened the last two hours? So I was really nervous and I go in there, but I kept telling myself, you're not going to need a stent. So it's going to be easy, man. You've passed five millimeter kidney stones three times on your own. This is going to be broken down into dust. You can pass this no problem. So go in, do all my paperwork. They take me into the the pre-op room put me in a, in a little area with a curtain around and they have me change into a gown and they're just like, um, take everything off. You can leave your socks on, but put this gown on the opening in the back, no underwear, no shirt. I'm just like, oh. and I'm like, if you're just breaking this thing up from the outside, why do I have to take my underwear? <laughs> why do I have to take my underwear off? This is freaking me out. But I'm like, look, it's just a precaution in case they have to go in through my dick. (laughs) And so they're like, oh, the doctor's running a little late because it was pouring rain, thunder, like thunderstorms. And it was really bad on Thursday. And so the doctor was running late and which wasn't good for my nerves. I was just sitting there. And then the anesthesiologist came in and they're asking me what I'm allergic to any medications and stuff. And so I tell her I'm allergic to like penicillin and Cipro and 
She's like, all right, everything should be fine. She explains it to me. And then the doctor finally comes in. He's like half an hour late because of the rain, which is fine. I, I had no plans for the day. That was my day. So I was like, I don't care. Um, so he comes in. And one of the first things he said is, huh, he's looking at my chart. He's like, I didn't realize you were so heavy. And, oh, no, he goes, I didn't realize you weighed 295 pounds. By the way, for the record, I weigh 295 pounds. Before I started my training and keto diet uh, in December, I weighed two, 320, about 321, 22 pounds. Like it was my heaviest I've ever, not, actually that wasn't even my heaviest, but so in the past two months, I've lost about 25, 26 pounds. So what he says when he comes in, he's like, oh, I didn't realize you've, you're 295. And I thought he was complimenting me on losing 25 pounds. I was like, yeah, can you believe that's pretty awesome? He goes, eh, not that awesome. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you're five pounds shy of being able to use the lithotripsy machine. He's like, the, the, the machine, you, you can only be 290 pounds. And I'm like, I go, I, I'm sorry, what, what are you saying? He goes, we can't do lithotripsy. We can't do the sound wave therapy. It just won't work on that machine. I'm like, it's a five pound difference. I am literally trying to beg him to do this because I don't want to stent. This is all my fears are around a stent, a piece of man-made plastic or rubber or whatever it is up inside my body. I'm just like, I, I, I'm like, dude, I've lost 25 pounds. I am so close. What if we wait another two weeks? I can lose that five pounds. He's like, no, this stone is like blocking your ureter. We have to take it out. He's like, trust me, you're asleep for this. He's like, he's like, we got to, we have to go in. I'm going to take a camera, go in through your penis, up your urethra, through the bladder and up into your ureter. And then I'm going to find the stone in your kidney with the camera. And then we go in with another optical line that has a laser. And we go and we pinpoint it and we just shatter it. It's actually a little more accurate than the sound wave because they can see it. And I'm not sure because I haven't talked to him. I'm, I'm going to see him on Friday. But um, there's an, another version where the laser, I think, also has a little basket on it that actually pulls the stones out. So I think they might have had that as well. So there was a lot of shit that went up through my dick. <laughs> a lot of stuff. A lot of man-made equipment. Um, but he's like, no, we have to do it this way. And I'm like, so I'm going to have to have a stint. And he's like, I'm like, everyone says it's so horrible. He's like, he goes, look, you're looking at this the wrong way. He goes, you're looking at this as uh, something that's uncomfortable and inconvenient when you should be looking at this as something that's going to be saving you a lot of pain. He goes, you've passed kidney stones. You know how painful it is. And it is painful. He goes, if we do this surgery and don't put a stent in your ureter, and what a stent is, like I said, it's like a little tube and it goes from your kidney to your bladder. It's not in my penis. It's in it's between my kidney and bladder and it's just there to hold the ureter open the tube and um keep it from because of the trauma of them going up through my ureter and also all the stone fragments there's a possibility that my ureter will swell and swell shut by the way 
And he said, and that will give you the exact same pain as a kidney stone blocking your, your ureter. He goes, so you need to look, look at this as, um, something that's going to prevent a lot more pain. And I was like, let's just get this over with. I just don't want this kidney stone in me anymore. And, um, so he's like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to go get ready. He's like, I'll see you in there. I mean, he did see, I didn't see him because I was unconscious, but they, uh, come in and they hook an IV up to me with just some, some uh, electrolytes. It's no drugs in it yet. And so I'm sitting there a little nervous, getting ready to be put to sleep and have a laser up my dick. <laughs> and, uh, then the anesthetic, Anesthesiologist comes in, I think, and she puts something in my IV to relax me because I was like, I'm really nervous. And she's like, I'll give you something. It was probably like liquid Valium or something. And I seemed to calm down a little bit more and I was a little bit more jokey. I was like, all right, let's, uh, let's go on a journey. <laughs> let's go on a journey up my dick. Oh, wait, <laughs> I think we have a title. Um, I gotta write that down. Only I don't have any fucking paper. Uh, God, I'm a little dizzy. I'm, I haven't eaten a ton today. Um, I don't know why. I just don't feel like eating. Uh, let's go on a, a journey up my dick. Okay. Um, so I was a little bit more relaxed and then we go in and they bring me into the room and it was a lot smaller than I expected. I can walk in and there's some other like nurses and people in there who I hadn't seen yet. They're standing around and they're like, they're raising my gurney up to the level of the table and they're like, all right, we're going to put, you need to help us get you onto this table. And I'm just like, starting to get a little disoriented and just like I'm looking up at the ceiling and it's the room seems a lot more claustrophobic and it almost looks like just like a, a storage closet. And I'm like, Oh, what's happening? I'm starting to get nervous again. And then I just see a hand come over and put a, a gas mask, an oxygen mask actually over my nose and mouth. And, uh, the anesthesiologist is like, there's nothing in this, but oxygen. This is just to keep you breathing freely. Um, and then I kind of feel her off on the peripheral and she's like, um, she's like, I'm going to put, she's like, I'm now putting the medicine into your IV that's going to put you to sleep. And she goes, you probably won't even hear me finish this scent and I didn't hear her finish the sentence. I literally, I completely, the last thing I remember is her saying, you probably won't hear me finish this sentence. And, and it just ended. And by the way, uh, if you've heard my appendix story, um, when I was 18, they took me into the operating room and they were laying me on the table and there are arms, little arms that come off like platforms, like planks that come off the side of the table that you put your arms out on and um, so that they have access to your veins and stuff while they're doing the surgery. It's for the anesthesiologist. And when I had my appendix out, they were putting me on there and I was really high and I was like, 
just like Jesus, as they're putting my arm, <laughs> as they're putting my arms out on this table. And, uh, and it was the, it was like deja vu. I'm getting in there and they're, and they pull out the, and the arms open up. Like when you first walk in, you don't see them. And then they kind of pull them out. And, uh, it was just like deja vu. And I was like, Oh my God, you, I think I said something to the effect of you guys still do the crucifix thing. And they were like, what? And they didn't, they weren't really as on board. <laughs> they didn't think I was funny. And then, uh, yeah. So she's like, you won't remember me finishing this scent. And then, uh, next thing I know, it is so fucking weird. Anesthesia is so fucking weird. Um, I haven't had it in 30 years. I was 18 when I had my 31 years. I was 18 when I had my appendix out. I don't remember a lot of that. Um, but it is just like a blackout drunk where you're in one room, you're in one place and in the blink of an eye, like instantly she goes, you're not going to remember this sentence. And all of a sudden I'm in another room. It's not, it's like you, and you don't feel like you've slept. It's just, boom, my eyes are open and I'm sitting up like they've got my bed leaned up and I'm sitting behind a curtain and I can see a nurse behind the station and, and I'm really high at this point and I'm just waving to her. <laughs> the nurse behind the nurse's desk, she looks up and looks over me and I just wave at her. I didn't say anything, but I just waved hello. <laughs> and she kind of laughed and she's like, how are you? And I go, I don't know yet. And, um, and then a nurse came in and she's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, when will I be able to eat? That was the other thing. I had this procedure was scheduled for 1.30 PM on Thursday. And they're like, don't have anything to eat after midnight. And this is all because of the anesthesia. Um, if you have food in your stomach, they don't want you throwing up while you're unconscious from the anesthesia because the anesthesia fucks up your stomach. That's why they don't want you to eat um, or even really drink before you uh, go into surgery. So I was like, I'm kind of hungry. And she's like, um, and by the way, they started late. So it was now like four o'clock and I'm just, it was like the first thing I thought of was a, I'm really lightheaded. And then it hit me. And I was like, Oh, it's cause I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. And, um, and so I, uh, I asked the nurse and she's like, Oh yeah, we'll get you some crackers. She's like, they're just boring old saltines, but she's like, they'll probably be great considering how hungry I bet you are. So I had some, what's that noise? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And so I had some crackers and some water and felt a little bit better. But then, then the nurse comes back in. This is all really hazy. I'm kind of in and out. 
because I'm still coming out of the anesthesia, the anesthetic. And um, by the way, I think my gown, my surgical gown was really like right up at my waist. And I think my dick was hanging out. <laughs> and it's really funny because you're still in a little bit of pain and you're still high. So I just didn't care. And the nurse came in and she has one of those plastic. It's not a bedpan, but it just looks like almost a milk milk jar, like a glass milk bottle, like the old timey ones, but it's got a handle on it and it's plastic. And she's like, we can't let you go until you pee first. We have to know that um, you're able to pee and that liquids are passing through you. And I was like, I have to, I have to pee right now. I go, I could totally pee um, because I'd been on an IV. She's like, great. And she hands me this thing. She's like, just you can just sit there and pee into this thing. And I'm, she hands me and she's just standing there and I'm just holding my dick and I put it into the clearish. It's not fully opaque. You can kind of see through it a little bit. I put my penis in there and I start to pee. And I swear to God, I am so thankful that I was hopped up on drugs. I'm assuming it was propofol whatever I was on, I was so out of it. And, um, I just start to pee and I look down and it is, forgive me for being very graphic, but this is a medical based podcast. We've talked about much worse. I start to pee and it is bright red. It looks like I'm just peeing pure blood. And, uh, oh, in addition, it burns like fire. I didn't mind the color as much as the fact that it burned like fire. And this is because I had had several, several <laughs> instruments shoved up my urethra. So there was trauma. I'm sure they scraped the insides of my penis and bladder and ureter and all that. So there's like significant trauma. And, um, so that's what, that was causing incredible stinging. And, um, also, when I would start to pee, it would be good at first. And then about two seconds into the pee, just a really hard, hard cramp in my back, just below my ribs, you know, in my ureter where the stent is. And I think that's because as your bladder drains, it kind of sinks down or uh, expands a little bit more and it pulls. I'm, I assume it's pulling on the, the um, stent which is in turn pulling on your kidney or it's pulling back on the bladder. So, and this is still happening to this day, four days later, anytime I pee, uh, I start to go and I'm like, okay, everything's cool for about two or three seconds. And then all of a sudden, just the worst cramp, it gets really bad. I can now finally stand for the first two days. I couldn't even stand. I had to just sit and do it. And, um, for any guys listening to this, I don't know about girls, but there's a feeling you get when someone kicks you in the balls or you get hit in the balls by something, even when you just get grazed on the testicles. There's a feeling you get when it happens and it hurts your balls at first a little bit, but there's also a couple seconds of, oh, I think I'm okay. I'm not in pain. And then you get a severe, severe, really bad cramp in your side and the back. This is the exact same pain only times 10, I would say. 
So any guys listening, the pain from the stent is equal to getting kicked in the balls every time I pee. <laughs> it's gotten a little, it has actually gotten a little better. Uh, and I, and it doesn't, but it doesn't last as long as getting kicked in the balls. It literally, it starts a few seconds after I start to pee. And then towards the end of the pee, it goes away. Um, and then I'm, and then I'm fine. I like, I feel fine right now. I don't really hurt. Um, it's only when I pee and Saturday, the burning went away when I pee. It doesn't burn. I guess my urethra has healed. <laughs> Sorry. got to take some, some water. Um, so yeah, I'm getting better slowly. I actually left the apartment for the first time today since Thursday and went to actually deposit some checks at the bank and go to the grocery store to get some more water and uh, some soup and stuff. And, oh, here's the other thing that nobody fucking tells you. Maybe they tell you. I haven't been put to sleep in years, but apparently anesthesia gives you, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it constipates you. It gives you constipation. I didn't know this was a normal thing after you have a surgery or an operation, the anesthetic, whatever they're giving you, I'm sure it's opioid based because <clears throat> I know heroin and opiates make people constipated. And so, um, I don't want to be graphic again or anything. Well, it's not really graphic, but Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I couldn't poop. And yesterday, which was four to three, uh, like three and a half days into it, I pooped for the first time and it was a huge relief because I was afraid for some reason I was afraid that was going to hurt, but it didn't. It was fine. And I also Saturday, I just to take precautions, I was like, I don't want my first poop to be like pooping out a brick. So I had some Metamucil um, fiber in the house, just a powder. And I take a like a tablespoon and I mix it into a glass of water and drink it. And I think that's what helped me get things moving. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah. So she's like, we need you to pee just to make sure. And she's like, it'll probably be bloody. She's like, don't even worry about it. And she's like, it will also probably be bloody for the next day or two, but it will definitely get better. And it did. <clears throat> she's also, I was like, when I started going that first time, the, like I said, the blood was fine. It was the, the burning. And I was like, oh, I go, oh, fuck. I go, this really burns. And she's like, yeah, it's because of the trauma the inside of your urethra. She gave me two pills. I don't know what they were. Um, I think she said you can buy this. She goes, these you can buy over the counter. I think she said they're called something like a go or AXO. It's something three letters, A something O. I think it's a go. And it's for like urinary infections. It's for, you know, when a girl or guy get a UTI or a bladder infection and it will burn when you pee. Um, it's supposed to help with that pain. I, I had pain for three days, so I don't know how much of a help it was, but she's like, here, take these two pills. It's supposed to help with the stinging. And she goes, don't be alarmed. It will turn your yellow, your urine um, orange. I'm like, how orange? She's like, very orange. And so for like another day after, 
I thought I was still peeing blood, but it was just, I wasn't peeing blood anymore. I mean, probably a little bit, but my urine up until like yesterday was like super orange, um, kind of disturbing. Like, you know, if you don't drink water and your pee's like really dark, it was like that. Um, I'm just giving you guys information in case you ever have to have a kidney stone removed with lasers and uh, you know what to expect. Because to be honest, I did a lot of research on the internet. (laughs) Mistake number one. And so everything you find is basically a worst case scenario. Like all the testimony testimonials you find are like, worst case scenario. I couldn't find anything where people were like, yeah, I had laser laser lithotripsy and um, they put in a stent. It was fine. Cause I feel like if it doesn't hurt and you're fine, you don't even think to do a review. You only want to like complain about it when it's bad. That's why like a lot of Yelp reviews are just like garbage. You look at a restaurant and it's like, usually if you read restaurant Yelp reviews, they're not even about the food. I'll look at so many restaurant Yelp reviews and never see anything like, yeah, but how's the food? It's always like this waitress was really mean to me. So I didn't tip her much. It's like, you fucker. Like this is not about the fine, but how was the food? I want the, how was, I want the, how was the food version of laser lithotropsy? with a tripsy. So when this is all said and done, I am going to (laughs) write, I got to write something somewhere because all I could find was, Oh my God, it was horrible. The recovery I was, I mean, and listen to Brian Husky's interview on this podcast or Jillian Bell's and they were like really worst case scenario um, situations. Like they had massive kidney stones, but for someone like me, it was like, the procedure was fine. I was asleep. So my advice to anyone is don't be worried about the procedure. Don't be worried that there's going to be a laser up your dick because it's actually very accurate because they have a camera right there. They can see it, like get right up to it and blast it. Um, but yeah, the recovery is uh, not the greatest thing, but it's also not as bad as I was expecting. I mean, it hurts a lot when I pee right now, but only for a few seconds. And I'm only peeing like, you know, six or seven times a day. Is that right? Maybe it's more. I think it's three days. I've, I've, I've uh, consumed three, three gallons. I'm drinking about a gallon of water a day. And that's not counting other stuff. Like I've had some coffee because coffee is a diuretic. So I want to keep peeing. So I've had some coffee, three gallons of water. I've had like half a gallon of cranberry juice. So everything's flowing great. Um, But I called Friday the day after my procedure because it was really bad. First two days were really bad. It's been getting progressively easier. The stinging's gone, like I said, which was honestly worse than the, the cramping. Um, and the, even the cramping is getting gradually easier to, uh, endure. So Friday I called and they hadn't gotten the full 
report back from the surgery center because my doctor's office is in a different part of town. And so um, I don't even think he was in on Friday. I called and I just got like a receptionist. She's like, I'll call you back. I'll ask. She's like, what questions do you have? So I was like very specific. I'm like, and my first question was, when do I get this stent out? How long do I have to wear this? I was thinking like two or three days. And I go, is it normal to have burning when I pee? And uh, blah, blah, blah. So it was all stuff related to my discomfort. So she calls me. She's like, I talked to one of the other physicians here and it is normal that it burns. She's like, that will go away. She's like, you will probably continue to have discomfort when you pee because of the stent, but that should also get a little bit better. She's like, I haven't talked to your actual doctor yet, so I'm not sure. She she goes, probably two weeks till you have the stent out. And I was like dying inside. I was like, oh, two weeks of this, huh? Oh, fuck. Okay. And she was like, let me ask you this. Is there a string coming out of your penis? <laughs> I can't laugh really hard because that kind of hurts still. She goes... Is there a string coming out of your penis? I go, what? I go, no. I go, there's nothing. I go, there's just bits of dust and urine coming out of my penis at this point. And then I, I looked and it's because some stents have a, uh, a string attached to them that is hanging out of your penis or your vagina after you have it placed uh i guess for ease of removal like they literally just pull on the string like they're reeling in some fucking lobster cages from the sea and i even read a few uh testimonials and stuff online of people who were able to pull the stent out themselves hello what That is horrifying, like like a tampon string, and they just pull on it and pull this like eight-inch plastic tube out of their body. Um, but apparently it's really easy to do. And it's just like, it's like, I kind of wish I could just yank this thing out at any point I wanted, but yeah, I kind of wish I, I had that, but I'm going in... I, I called again today and the doctor was in and she's like, yep. She goes, I did talk to the doctor today. She's like, they got, he got everything out. Everything's clear. Um, you just have to have the stent in a few more days, come in on Friday and he'll take it out. And then she asked me again, do you have a string? <laughs> like, no, she's all right. She's like, he has to take it out then. And, um, it's a, it's a little bit of a procedure. You know, I'm not put to sleep, but apparently, uh, ugh, apparently, um, he goes back up with some little camera hook thing and wrangles the fucking stent and then drags it out. And I'm awake for that. I'm dreading that now. So that's all I'm thinking about this week is pulling, a ugh, being awake but she said they use a, 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 like a topical anesthetic that numbs it. I'm like, yeah, I guess it numbs the beginning part of my urethra. 
but uh oh god i'm making myself ill just thinking about this <laughs> um <clears throat> so that's it i mean it hasn't been a dream come true i'm glad the stone is out um i'm glad i only have let's see tuesday wednesday third i only have like three or four more days to have this stent in um i'm now able to move around um getting my energy back i was for a little while i was paranoid because i also have heard stories of people getting infections like kidney infections or complications and you know stuff on like webmd and you know john hopkins website they're like you know if you experience a fever if you start to get a fever over 101 come in and you'll probably have to go on antibiotics because there's probably an infection so like for the first three days i was like constantly taking my temperature which is like my temperature runs way low it's in like the 97s instead of the 98s so i've been pretty good I've been cranking the heat in my apartment because it's raining and cold outside. So every now and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm really hot. It's a fever. Oh no, my heater's just blasted right now. Um, in fact, how about we do this? Uh, where the fuck is the thermometer? It was right here. Oh, there it is. Found it. My apartment is a mess. I haven't done anything but lay on this couch and just throw shit around. All right. All right, here we go. Taking temperature. This is, this is great for an audio podcast. Give me a few seconds. Shit, it's 98.6. Oh my God, I'm running a little hot. Oh God, why did I just take my temperature? <laughs> um, all right, let's see how long. Oh, we've only been doing 40 minutes. What else can I tell you about this fucking experience? Um, yeah, I've been sitting for the most part when I pee because... The cramps are so bad when I'm standing. Like really bad. Like I remember my friend Lindsay drove me home. I had only just gone to the bathroom at the surgical center when it was bloody and really stinging. And um, I remember thinking, I just want to get home. I don't want to have to like, I don't want to get sick or have to pee in Lindsay's car while she's driving me. Um, even though they gave me one of those plastic uh, bottle things to carry with me in case there was an emergency. So we get home, uh, Lindsay drops me off at the end of my driveway, which is like just 40, 50 feet from the door. And I stand, I remember when I stand stood up, it was like, I think it was probably like all of a sudden all the urine and whatever in my bladder just kind of sunk to the bottom and I really had to pee. 
And as I'm walking down the driveway, I'm like, oh my God, I have to pee so bad. It like, I don't know if I'm going to make it into my house. So I unlock the door, throw the keys on the ground. The door's still open. I just rush to rush to the bathroom. I was starting to feel a little lightheaded as well because I still hadn't really eaten. And so I remember sitting on the toilet, peeing and having the worst cramp in my back and the worst stinging to the point where I just started like sweating and like for a second thought I was going to pass out. Um, I really had to brace myself for that. That, that. If I had been standing, I probably would have fainted. Um, but uh, everything turned out okay. <laughs> I came back in and I've basically have been on my couch the whole time. I've only ever gotten up to get food orders at the door um, up until today when I left and went to the bank. I think that there's a, there's a lesson to be learned here. <laughs> I posted a whole thread on this on my, uh, Twitter about the whole experience. And I was like, what I'm trying to say is drink water. Everyone just drink water. I know some kidney stones are genetic and some are caused, but it's not going to hurt. And it could possibly even help you to just drink enough water. I have been a person who've, who's had a hard time drinking water my whole life. Not physically hard time drinking, but I just have never really liked water since I started working out and dieting. I drink pretty much nothing but water, some coffee. Um, so I'm finding I like it more. I, you know, sometimes I'll put stuff in it like lemon or, um, like protein powder and, uh, it makes a huge difference, but I, I'm just also just liking water more. Like I'm, I'm getting more used to it. It's, it's feeling like it's, it's just, it's making me feel, feel better. And so, um, yeah, you know, your kidney is a filter, you know, it's like when you buy a Brita filter, it's like that jar. Uh, let's say your the, the the pitcher itself is your bladder, and the little uh, reservoir at the top where you pour the water into out of your sink. That's your that's your kidney. No, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's like your mouth or your that's where you're drinking the water. You're pouring in water, and then. There's the filter between the actual reservoir and the actual uh, pitcher. There's that filter. That's your kidney. So a kidney filters out all the shit that you don't need. And um, it's filtered by water and liquid passing through and, and brushing and rushing all that stuff through the filter. If you're not drinking enough water, the, um, the calcium, whatever, uh, whatever chemicals or not chemicals, but whatever elements are supposed to be being filtered through your kidney are just kind of building up in the little holes, the little filter area between, you know, in the kidney and it's not passing through because you're not drinking enough water. And so it's building up and it just keeps building and building and the crystals start clinging to each other and building more and more. And that's how you get a kidney stone. So if you're drinking water, 
a lot of water, it keeps, it keeps the filter going. It keeps the filter doing its job. Um, and I think that's been my issue with my kidney stones. For some people it's diet related. I think mine is dehydration largely. Um, but also I just used to drink like soda and a lot of other garbage and, um, yeah, I think, uh, and when I found this kidney stone 10 months ago or whatever it was, yeah, about 10 months ago, um, that's when I really started drinking a lot more water. Also when I started this podcast, this is like, cause busy was always drinking water. So I was like, I got to just drink more. So I have been very vigilant and staying on top of it. So, you know, hopefully now that this is gone, I can keep it going. I need to change some stuff in my diet. I need to talk to my doctor because I think some stuff in the kidney stone, the anti-kidney stone diet doesn't mesh well with my keto diet. Like keto is a lot of protein, which is for me a lot of meat uh, rather than like fish and turkey, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I'll eat it. Um, so red meat and also like dark green vegetables like spinach, spinach, if you, uh, are prone to kidney stones does not help. I mean, you can have it in small amounts, but, um, you know, on this keto diet, he's just like, yeah, I have a lot of leafy greens and I'm just like, oh fuck man. So I gotta, I gotta kind of be the middleman between my doctor and my trainer and probably probably have to figure some stuff out um, because I don't, I don't want to do this again. Also, I want to hurry up and lose that remaining five pounds. Well, not remaining five pounds, but I need to lose about 25 to 30 more pounds. I'm a big guy. I'm six foot six. I'm a giant. I'm also lifting weight. So I'm gaining muscle. So I need to lose about 20 to 30 more, 25 to 30 more pounds of fat. Um, and I'll be fine. Uh, and goddamn, I'm so bummed. I, I, that all this happened, but it was a learning experience. And also I just kept telling myself the whole time that this is going to be, this is going to be good for the podcast. This is going to be good for the pot. Just do it. I literally was like, just do this for the pot. Cause there were a couple times where I was like, I could postpone this there were a couple times where I was like, uh, I just, I've got so much stuff coming up. I don't want to be in a bad way. I could postpone. And then I was just like, no, nope, don't get it over with. Also do it for the podcast. So this whole gave me a whole podcast worth of bullshit. Also, I gotta lean forward and see how we're doing on time. Fifty minutes, five zero. That's pretty good. I guess I can wrap this up. Um, so hopefully next week I'll have an, a guest again. Um, yeah, hopefully I'll have a guest next week. I just I, I was gonna look for one this week, but I was like, I really have too much to talk about. It wouldn't be fair to the guest. I have a lot of kidney stone bullshit to talk about. Um, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Let's call it here. Um, and then I'll treat you guys to something fun next week. 
I mean, at, at the very least, I'll also next week have uh, the experience of having um, a stent pulled out of my dick while I'm awake. I'll have that to talk about next week. <laughs> oh, fuck my life. I know. And the other thing that that made this not so difficult was I was like, you know what? Why am I complaining? It's a kidney stone. I'm not going to die from this. I think it's very, 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 very rare that people die from a kidney stone. I would have to get like sepsis and get an infection and then pass away from that. And I'm not going to let that happen. It's just pain for a week. I'll live. You know, I have friends who have cancer. I have friends who are dealing with cancer, friends who have dealt with cancer. I feel goofy. I feel like an idiot complaining about this, even though this is fucking painful. Um, it's temporary. Um, so I actually am fairly lucky. So I'm not going to complain anymore. <laughs> At least not this week. <laughs> When you hear me next week, I'm sure I'll have a whole new bunch of shit to complain about. Um, but that's it. That's my uh, story. I had the kidney stone taken care of and I'll have more updates for you uh, next week. I hope you guys have uh, have a great weekend. Um, and by the way, I hope you're listening, checking out the Himalaya app. I mentioned this last week was the first time, but Himalaya is now running the We're No Doctors podcast. And so if you listen to us on Himalaya, um, you get the uh, you get the podcast a day early. So you can hear this on, maybe you're hearing this on Wednesday. That's pretty cool. So enjoy the rest of your week and then have a great weekend. And then I'll be back again to talk about the stent, more of the stent removal. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> All right. Thanks, guys. Love you. Bye.